Monday mornings with Matt and Kevin. What's in the news? Topics that come up around the dinner table will be given the truth treatment with no punches held and no falsehood left standing. These two will debate real life issues from a Catholic perspective every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Here are your hosts, Matt and Kevin. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Monday Mornings with Matt and Kevin here on the Catholic Family Podcast. Very fitting with the music as we are still in the Christmas season until the uh, Feast of Candle Mass, which is February 2nd. So we remain in that liturgical season, but also a very wintry weekend here in New England. Kevin's in Germany, but I'm located here in uh, New England, and we had quite the snowstorm here in the tri-state area. The uh, biggest snowstorm, I believe they have said, in over two years in parts of the tri-state area, New York, Hartford, Boston, um, have not seen measurable snowfall in almost two years or something along those lines. So uh, whatever you want to believe about the weather, it was very nice to see the white blanket of snowfall coat the area. And uh, it made for a nice, peaceful weekend for me. You know, usually there's a lot of running around, getting things done, recovering from the uh, very busy weekdays, but the the quiet snowfall and the um, the the just the beauty of looking out at it and the roads shut down and businesses closing and restaurants being uh, you know either opening up late or not opening at all just the whole ambiance of it all kind of forces you to kind of take a chill relaxing easy day and to um, you know just spend time and quiet which I think we all need to do a lot more in the hustle and bustle especially of the holiday season we really forget to take that time to just unwind, uh, be to, you know, be with ourselves. You know, we, we, we are in a society nowadays where we need constant company, constant interaction, constant connection, where we have lost that ability to be alone, to be by ourselves, to be with our thoughts. One of the things we've talked about on the show today, or we've talked about on the show in the past was that, um, kids don't know how to be bored anymore. You know, when I was growing up, you were bored a lot of the time. You were bored over summer break. You were bored when you would go out to eat at a restaurant and you had to wait for your food. Uh, you were bored at some events you had to attend and you didn't do anything but just sit by yourself. You couldn't take out your phone. You probably didn't have a book to read or anything to pull out of your pocket. You literally just sat there and waited. And when was the last time you've seen that happen? When was the last time you've done that? Um, try it next time. See if you catch yourself next time, even if you're in line for coffee or you're waiting for your food in a restaurant or you're, I don't know, just, just a situation where there's a bit of idleness waiting for an appointment, waiting for your name to be called when you're sitting at the dentist. Um, you know, can you just sit there and not look at a magazine and not scroll through your phone and not make a phone call? Can you just sit there? It's very difficult. And, when I catch myself in those moments, I think, you know, this is what I grew up with and now I can't seem to, uh, can't seem to do it. Um, so I hope you all had a wonderful weekend as we start off this brand new week, uh, in the year 2024, some news out of the tri-state area. Um, it appears that our, uh, most holy, not so holy Pope, uh, Francis has canceled a diocesan, uh, traditional Latin mass in uh, New Haven, uh, Connecticut. The parish is called St. Stanislaus Parish, and um, apparently they've had the uh, traditional mass 
there for some years now, and um, it was given the order was given by Bergoglio to the diocese to cancel the mass, and the hundreds of parishioners who um, attend every week were told to look elsewhere. Now, of course, we take the position that the uh, indult mass is first of all likely invalid. Um, and second of all, it is said in union with Bergoglio. So aside from issues uh, surrounding those things, um, the war against the old mass from the highest offices of the quote-unquote church um, are flexing their muscles here and canceling on people. Um, so once again, you the, that, that pressure is being felt um, on worshipers here, and we'll see what comes of it. You know, I think Bergoglio is pushing for some sort of schism, and uh, he very well may be working on that. Just something quick, too, to talk about uh, news that broke over the weekend. It was posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, from TradCathHQ. You can find that handle at, at FlatTrads. For the information of all, Archbishop Vigano, it is confirmed that is he is now conditionally consecrated and is a bishop of the resistance with Bishop Williamson. We welcome his excellency to our ranks. Now, we've had some pushback on this because that seems to be, as of today, the only piece of information that we have. Vigano has not confirmed it. Um, Bishop Williamson has not confirmed it, and there's no publication anywhere. Now, this is not an attack on Tradcath HQ, but he has been interacting with um, a bunch of people, both set of contests, both resistance members, both SSPX, indult, what have you, and they've all kind of said, do you have any more information to provide us with? And uh, he has kind of basically said, just trust us. Now, I spoke with him briefly, and he did say that, you know, this is out of my hands. I am not Archbishop Vigano. But, um, you know, you just have to trust that this has happened. And, you know, for a lot of people, um, that's simply just saying that is not enough. And Father Gabriel uh, Lavery commented, unless Vigano admits it, it didn't happen, and no one should accept him as a valid bishop. The invalidity of his consecration is a public fact, so a proper consecration must also be publicly revealed. On Saturday, Bishop, William, or, um, uh, bishop Sanborn uh, took to the airwaves as well, and also called on Archbishop Vigano to publicly admit as to whether or not he did indeed receive these uh, these orders, this conditional consecration from Bishop Williamson. Um, I had that video on my Twitter account as well from Bishop Sanborn, and he does say that, you know, maybe is he hiding something? What doesn't he want us to know? Uh, he's always been uh, kind of a, a, a hidden or suspicious or mysterious figure. And, um, you know, m my thoughts um, as to the, what reason why would he not want to publicly come out and say it? Um, he's been active on Twitter. He shared things on Twitter. Um, he's made posts recently. You would think that with all of the rumors circulating that he would make a actual announcement. And from what I can find, um, it seems as though Bergoglio really does not have any interest in him. He has gone... Um, after Burke, he has gone after Strickland. They have had, you know, all sorts of investigations and uh, disciplines legislated on them, <clears throat> but there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, rebuke of Vigano. And in just my opinion, from the things that I've come across over the last few years, it seems like Vigano is a much harsher critic of Bergoglio than the others. So I'm not quite sure why 
um, Bergoglio hasn't m done much about it. Now, maybe somebody can chime in in the comments and share um, if I'm misrepresenting anything or misspeaking, but from what I have done and, and can, can tell in some brief uh, searches, uh, Bergoglio doesn't have much to say about him. And I find that very curious. I think one of the reasons why Vigano might be afraid to admit it is because, well, if you think about it, if he did receive conditional ordination from one of the four, from Bishop Williamson, who does indeed have valid orders from Archbishop Lefebvre, is that sort of a a a coming out to the to the reality that the new right of consecrations are invalid and that he needed to be sure that he was indeed a bishop, that would certainly send ruptures throughout the conciliar world, um, especially if he saw a lot of his co-workers, his, his um, fellow clergy, his, his friends and counterparts who he might consider uh, to have holy orders, now mere laymen. Um, so there's a lot of implications that comes with that. I do think that he might be afraid to suggest that that is the case, because again, it would be uh, quite a rupture in a lot of relationships he might have, and it would send shockwaves throughout the church, and it would cause it would cause that debate to come up again. I believe. I believe that the SSPX um, has been one that has softened their tone on the new right of ordination and consecrations. Bishop Williamson, I believe, is a bit more skeptical um, since he's been uh, part of the resistance. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what comes of this, and I I do hope myself that if it is true that he was conditionally ordained, that he does make this public. Because I believe that if there's any solution to this crisis in our lifetime, um, with these men who are alive today, uh, we would very much need to know who is validly consecrated bishop and who is not. That would be a vital piece of information. So I do hope that it is made public. I do hope that um, it is it is made known to all and that we don't have to sit here and trust some random Twitter account and some message board that somebody posted um, where people are literally saying, yes, he was conditionally ordained or consecrated uh, and you just need to trust us that this happened. That's not good enough for church ecclesiology and for church governance. Um, so we'll keep you posted as news might follow on that. Another prominent... Twitter slash X user named Shane Schaetzel has been creating quite a stir as well in a lot of his comments on hyperpapalism not being an authentic Catholic position. He has called it a heresy, a deformity of Catholicism, and that Catholics should be papal minimalists instead of hyperpapalists. And so what I wanted to do very briefly with all of you was share a list that has been compiled by uh, Mario Dirksen at Novus Ordo Watch that I posted uh, and gave credit for on my uh, Twitter page. And I just wanted to demonstrate to you very briefly, the listeners out there today, some magisterial support, which the semi-trads can never seem to give, um, regarding hyperpapalism and what the popes have actually said about the attitude a Catholic should have towards the Supreme Pontiff. So I would just like to share a few of these quotes with you today for your listening pleasure. Pope Pelagius II, the truth could not have lied, nor will the faith of Peter be able to be shaken or changed forever. Pope St. Leo IX, by the see of the chief of the apostles, namely by the Roman church, through the same Peter, as well as through his successors, have not the comments of all of the heretics been disproved, rejected, and overcome 
in the hearts of the brethren in the faith of Peter, which so far neither has failed nor up to the end of time will fail, be strengthened. Pope Boniface the Eighth, we declare, proclaim, and define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. Pope Leo the Tenth, you will firmly abide by the true decisions of the Holy Roman Catholic Church and to this Holy See, which does not permit errors. Pope Pius the Seventh. In his capacity as head, do not all of his members owe him the solemn promise of canonical obedience, which alone can maintain unity in the church and avoid schisms? Pope Pius the, the uh, seventh. There has never been an enemy of the Christian religion who is not at simultaneously wicked war with the See of Peter. Since while this See has remained strong, the survival of the Christian religion is assured. Pope Leo XII, by separating you from the Roman pontiff, is to separate you from the Catholic Church in its entirety. Pope Gregory XVI, it is in church dogma that the Pope, the successor of St. Peter, possesses not only primacy of honor, but also primacy of authority and jurisdiction over the whole church. Pope Pius IX, God himself has set up a living authority to establish and teach the true and legitimate meeting of his heavenly revelation, Pope Pius IX again, in this living infallible authority is active only in the church, which was built by the Christ the Lord upon Peter, who was the head of the entire church. He is the leader and shepherd whose faith Christ promised would never fail. Pope Pius IX yet again, Peter speaks in the Roman pontiff living at all times in his successors. Pope Pius IX again, Peter, Prince of the Apostles, is alive here and rules in his successors, and his office does not fail, even in an unworthy heir. Pope Pius IX, this chair of Peter, is the center of Catholicism and church unity. It is the head, mother, and teacher of all the churches to which all honor and all obedience must be offered. Every church must agree with this see. Religion itself can never totter and fall while this chair remains intact. The chair which rests on the rock, which the proud gates of hell cannot overthrow, and in which there is the whole and perfect solidity of the Christian religion. Pope Leo XIII, it is absolutely necessary for the faithful to submit in mind and heart to their own pastors, and for the latter to submit with them to the head and supreme pastor. Union of mind therefore requires together with the perfect accord in one faith, complete submission and complete obedience to the will of the church and to the Roman pontiff. Pope Pius XII, they therefore walk in the path of dangerous error who believe that they can accept Christ as the head of the church while not adhering loyally to his vicar on earth. To wish to create an opposition between Christ as head of the church and his vicar is to wish to see in the affirmation of the one the negation of the other. This is tantamount to corrupting the clearest and most luminous pages of the gospel. Again, those are just some of many magisterial sources on the papacy from Novus Ordo Watch. Clearly, Catholics should not be hyper-papalists, right? I mean, that just sounds like heresy to me. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to another episode of Monday Morning with Matt and Kevin here on the Catholic Family Podcast. Kevin should be back next week, so you will have the two of us together again for the first time in 2024. A very blessed, happy, and holy week to you all. 
pray your rosary every single day, make your morning offering, make your act of faith, and never forget that the good God loves you very much. God bless. Thank you.